The KXAN News Podcast is sponsored by Shelf Genie. A battle at the Texas State Capitol has a bill to legalize fentanyl testing strips stalls in the Texas Senate. We sit down with the Texas Senator taking up a new measure to combat the rise of an animal tranquilizer making its way around Texas streets. And another round of severe weather during your Friday evening plans. Your first warning forecast is coming up. Protesters clashing with staffers and DPS at the state capitol today over demands to pass one of the governor's priorities this session. It's over decriminalizing fentanyl testing strips, and our capitol correspondent Monica Madden tells us what's the holdup. A capitol clash Thursday morning over a stalled bill in the Senate to legalize fentanyl testing strips. It's a tool currently classified as drug paraphernalia in Texas, but it's used to detect if other drugs are laced with fentanyl, a synthetic opioid that can be deadly. The group cramming into Senator Joan Huffman's office, who's a member of the Criminal Justice Committee where the bill is stalled. She has to pass this bill. This is serious. Carolyn Williams lost her son to fentanyl just two months ago. It's it's heartbreaking. If it happened to me, it could happen to anyone. While the House overwhelmingly approved decriminalizing fentanyl strips earlier this month, the group stormed the House gallery today for a different demand. No more drug war! They're opposed to a bill the House gave initial approval to today. It increases penalties for distributing fentanyl, including possible murder charges if someone overdoses. So you cannot bust all of the dealers and then find a way to treat all the people who use drugs. People who use drugs might also sell them. Members, on behalf of all of our family members who have died innocently by taking medication laced with fentanyl, on behalf of all of our friends, we're here today to tell the people who deal that drug we're going to pass a piece of legislation. We're coming after you. Monica Madden. KXAN News. And we did reach out to Senator Huffman for comment on the group's calls, but did not hear back in time for this newscast. All Senate bills that would decriminalize fentanyl have not received a hearing in her committee just yet. House Bill 6 would require medical examiners to classify fentanyl deaths as poisonings on death certificates, and that's leading to some pushback from some MEs. We in the medical examiner community oppose that legislation primarily on the basis that it is attempting to dictate the practice of medicine, which we don't feel is appropriate. A cause of death statement or certification is a medical opinion that we do not believe should be legislated. The bill would also require medical examiners to list homicide as the manner of death when someone dies from a fentanyl overdose. And going in depth on this, fentanyl is killing more people than ever in Travis County. A new report released yesterday shows fentanyl-involved accidental overdoses more than doubled between 2021 and 2022. In fact, drug overdoses were the leading cause of accidental deaths in Travis County in 2022. Last year, 417 people died from accidental drug overdoses out of those 245 involved fentanyl, more than half. Now, aside from fentanyl, 137 deaths involved cocaine, 248 involved meth, and 33 involved heroin. 
First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, these are the kind of springtime days that we love. Yesterday's storm system and cold front have long cleared the area. Not a cloud around in San Marcos on our new West Shore home cam. It's 82 degrees down there near the Texas State campus. 81 in Austin. We've got some middle and upper 70s in our northern tier of counties. 74 feels great in Lampasas. That was a cool front that brought the storms last night. So temperatures right now 5 to 10 degrees cooler and a lot less humidity than we had 24 hours ago. Coming up, I'll show you how cool temperatures get tonight. We've got the latest timeline on our severe weather threat tomorrow. And also, don't miss this. When, is, when rain is going to clear for your weekend plans, I'll help you plan your Friday and your Saturday, Sunday plans next. David, thank you so much. Legendary talk show host Jerry Springer has died at the age of 79. His family says he passed away peacefully this morning at his home in suburban Chicago. Springer was best known for his popular daytime television show, The Jerry Springer Show, which ran from 1991 to 2018. He also served as the mayor of Cincinnati in 1977. In recent years, Springer made a splash with his courtroom show, Judge Jerry, and enjoyed a successful podcast. His family did not reveal the cause of death. It's just been over two weeks since the deadly mass shooting in Louisville. And now for the first time since the attack, the gunman's parents are speaking out. As Jay Gray tells us, they're hoping to prevent another tragedy. For the first time since the deadly mass shooting in Louisville. For two weeks, we've been lying in bed awake at night, replaying all this in our head. We are hearing from the parents of the man responsible. We are so sorry. We are heartbroken. Initially, reluctant to speak. We have a concern about inadvertently being disrespectful to the families. But ultimately, they want other families struggling with mental illness to hear their story, hoping to prevent another mass shooting. In an exclusive interview with Savannah Guthrie on Today, acknowledging their son had a history of anxiety, suffering what they describe as a panic attack, and meeting with his psychiatrist less than a week before the massacre. And they thought we, we, we thought he was coming out of the crisis. They say they had no idea that same week he bought the AR-15 rifle used in the killing spree. We know that Connor was seeing two mental health professionals and that he was able to walk in. And from what we've been told, again, I, I don't know, you know, just what we've been told is that he walked in and was walked out with uh, a weapon and ammunition in 40 minutes. A weapon and ammunition used to take the lives of five co-workers and wound eight, including a Louisville police officer still in critical condition. They were just trying to do their jobs, provide for their families, and they will never be the same due to his actions. Actions, his parents say, they'll never fully understand. Jay Gray, NBC News. Move over, Ozempic. There's a new big weight loss drug in town. A look at the new drug helping patients trim down. Texas prisoners languishing in hot prisons, sometimes topping 100 degrees. Why those pushing for change say air conditioning will help more than just the inmates. We want to get you an update to some breaking news we brought you at 4 p.m. Two people are dead and police are launching a homicide investigation. This happened on Kenyon Drive that's near Stastny and South First Street in South Austin. Police showed up because someone asked for a welfare check on their daughter who hadn't been seen in a few days. 
Officers say they found a man and a woman in their 40s dead inside of the home. Investigators believe this is a case of domestic violence. Texas U.S. Senator Ted Cruz just introduced legislation targeting a dangerous drug. Xylazine is a powerful animal tranquilizer used by veterinarians. It's also called Trank. The Drug Enforcement Agency sounded the alarm about this drug, especially here in Texas, and some reports of overdoses. The legislation aims to make it easier to understand if someone has taken xylazine and other synthetic drugs. In particular, study means of detecting it so that if, if an officer, if a first responder finds someone who, who's overdosed and, and is, is at or near death, to, to be able to determine, all right, do they have Trank in their system? Right now, we don't have a good test for that. And, and if you don't know what it is they've overdosed on, you don't know what treatment to give them to try to save their lives. The DEA reported data showing skyrocketing use of xylazine with a usage growth of 198% between 2020 and 2021. Today at the Texas Capitol, advocates called on lawmakers to do something about the extreme heat Texas prisoners deal with each summer. Now, more than two-thirds of state prisons do not have air conditioning. Now, in addition to inmates suffering, former Texas Department of Criminal Justice workers say it also causes corrections officers to quit, leading to staffing shortages. They're calling on the Texas Senate to protect inmates and workers. Let's talk about the suicides that increase every summer. Let's talk about those individuals where we can prove that it was hyperthermia whose internal body temperatures range from 103 to 110 degrees. We are literally baking people. You know what we really feel about human beings by how we treat those who are locked in our prison systems under our custody. Now, the Texas House earmarked more than half a billion dollars in their budget to add air conditioning to 46 Texas prisons. Advocates today said they have not found any support for their calls in the Senate. Well, it's a big night for college football stars as they gear up to hit the stage for the NFL Draft. We're going to check in on a UT favorite straight ahead. Well, great news here after nearly an inch of rain last night in the city. Look at our monthly total. We are on track to finish this month as our first wetter than average one since November. Healthy monthly totals over four inches at the Austin airport, but unfortunately, no big benefit to the lakes. Buchanan steady, Travis only up an inch and still more than 30 feet low. Your first warning forecast is coming up. This KXAN News Podcast is brought to you by Shelf Genie. I'm Rosie Newberry from KXAN Studio 512. Considering replacing your kitchen cabinets? Struggling to find or reach things? Go to ShelfGenie.com Austin. Shelf Genie designs custom pull-out shelves for your existing cabinets, adding convenience and value to the most used room in your home. Shelf Genie custom pull-out shelves, everything in reach. All right, well, it is NFL Draft Day, this time happening in Kansas City. College football stars officially ready to take the next step to the pros. It's a big night. Our Mick Miller shows us the energy just hours before the first round gets started. Here in Kansas City, it's the moment that these players and their families have waited their entire lives for as the commissioner will take the stage and officially declare the number one overall draft pick and then the rest of the teams in the NFL are going to make their selections. And while the NFL draft is so much about the players and their families, the NFL has done a great job of turning the NFL draft event for all 32 fan bases across the National Football League. And as all these fan bases pack Kansas City, city officials have been hard at work to make sure that the party that will be the NFL this draft week 
is a safe one. New Mexico. Scottsdale. Houston, Texas. Just the environment and the fans overall for Kansas City Chiefs have been awesome. It's, it's nice so far. We just got here today, though. We've been here a dozen times to make sure that we've got this site uh, as buttoned up as possible. So you're going to see all the fence around. You're not going to just be able to converge onto the site. You will be able to experience and learn so much about uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, Lamar Hunt's impact, obviously, on this National Football League. The party won't stop as soon as the first round picks are over with because tonight there will be a concert in Kansas City by Fallout Boy. So the party continues here at the site of the NFL draft. Reporting from Kansas City, I'm Mick Miller. Right now, Austinites are gathering downtown to watch the draft and cheer on a Longhorn standout looking to land in the NFL. We have a live look at Coco's Bavarian on East 5th Street where the Bijan Mustardson party <laughs> is getting underway. That's, of course, running back Bijan Robinson's gourmet mustard brand. Robinson left UT early as a projected top 23 NFL prospect. He is expected to get picked in the first round, and this party will go on until 9 tonight. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Well, yesterday's storm system now a thing of the past. Cloudless skies, a drop in temperatures and humidity. Absolutely perfect here on the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. Temperatures have been really comfortable. If you haven't been outside today, I really encourage you to do so this evening. It's 79 in Llano, 77 degrees down in Johnson City. In the Austin area, we did make it to 81 degrees. That's where we're sitting right now, 82 in Kyle, but cooler from Leander to Taylor, where we're in the 70s. Same setup east. We've got some mid-70s even up in Milam County, lower 80s in the warmer spots like Dale. Yesterday's heavy rain has really shot up our mold count. That is high, unsurprisingly, but everything else has been either knocked out completely or staying low. We only have three allergens in total. I can't remember the last time we've had that few here in the springtime. There goes yesterday's storm system. Now we've got clear skies behind it, but following quickly on its heels is another potent low pressure system diving southward through the Rockies. This one is on another collision course with us and as heat and humidity quickly return ahead of it tomorrow by tomorrow evening we could have more damaging storms here's your official severe storm threat from our partners at the storm prediction center a lot like yesterday two out of five for just about everyone but a higher three out of five risk in our northernmost counties we're not most worried about tornadoes those look quite unlikely at this time but giant hail two three inches in diameter that's a big concern wind gusts over 60 miles an hour from this line of storms. That's our secondary concern, no doubt. Here we are with the timeline this evening. Completely clear, beautiful night tonight with just a few low clouds building in by dawn along I-35. Those should burn off pretty quickly into a sunny and hot midday and early afternoon. But a cold front from that system is quietly moving through the hill country, plowing into all of that heat and humidity. And just like that, when the atmosphere comes together, as we think it will, 4 or 5 p.m., we're going to see a big line of strong to severe storms appear seemingly from thin air. Should pop up over the central or eastern hill country near 281. After that, it'll be racing eastward and be quite strong. Williamson County, here we are at 6 p.m. Austin Metro, between 6 and 8. This model has it right there in the middle at 7 o'clock a damaging wind threat will only increase with this big line perhaps bowing out in places as it moves into Fayette County through 8 9 p.m. After 9 p.m. though the severe weather threat really ends quite quickly. We'll have a couple lingering showers overnight but Saturday now looks prettier. It'll be cool and windy behind this system but I think we'll see some sunshine and mainly or completely dry weather all weekend.
The rainfall total is unfortunately not quite where we need it. It's going to be a quick moving line, so under an inch for most. And remember where it develops. If you're west of that development line, you get nothing at all, unfortunately, right where we need it most in the hill country. All right, let me take you out to the temperatures. 89 degrees tomorrow ahead of this system. Much cooler on Saturday, and then temperatures rebound nicely Sunday into Monday, close to average in the lower 80s. All right, tonight's forecast, 58 degrees with light winds and some patchy valley fog. Tomorrow, the temperatures really shoot up close to 90 degrees. I think we will see some 90s out west. Storms late as the heat and humidity returns, riding that south wind, very gusty. Saturday, another gusty wind day, but these will be cooler north winds, leading to highs only hitting 70. Nice cool start on Sunday, then a warm afternoon at 84. And fortunately, next week just looks a lot quieter weather-wise with calm weather and days in the 80s. This 40-pound cat has taken up a big space in people's hearts. We get the skinny on the viral feline sensation. Who's been working to get a little healthier? Five school staffers have been charged in Indiana after police say they forced a seven-year-old special needs child to eat his own vomit during lunch. It happened during lunchtime back in February in the Indianapolis suburb of Brownsburg. Now authorities say not only was that child of course mistreated, but others who witnessed the incident failed to report what happened. He is eating some food and at some point he goes to stand up and he looks as if he's gagging. Um, it appears that he's been instructed to sit back down. At which point, within a few seconds to a few minutes, he actually does projectile vomit onto a tray and onto the lunch table in front of him. Police say an instructional aide then handed that child a spoon as he ate several bites. The school is moving forward with firing two of those staff members while the others remain on administrative leave. All right, how about now something to make you smile? Do you remember Patches the Cat? <laughs> the 40-pound viral sensation has just been adopted from the Richmond Animal Care and Control. Patches became quite oh. the superstar going viral after the Animal Care Center posted about his need for a home. Well, now that he's found a new home, he's taking on a whole new challenge, dropping some of that weight, but not without the help of his new mom. She says they're both doing it by walking a little bit more each day and adding a little <laughs> focused play so he can get healthy and continue to make those cheering him on proud. I never realized that I was going to be accountable to tens of thousands of people. <laughs> but I think if, hey, if that's one way to do it, that's one way to do it. And darn it, I'm going to do it. If he can do it, I can do it. And because so many people love Patches, Kay has made a Facebook page for him and already has about 10,000 likes. There's a lot to love there. <laughs> well, a new weight loss drug is about to hit the market, and medical experts say Eli Lilly's drug, Terzepatide, sold under the brand name Monjaro, could really be a game changer for those needing to slim down. It's already on the market to treat diabetes, but now Eli Lilly hopes the FDA will approve it for obesity by the end of this year. The drug maker is already ramping up production as some doctors who specialize in diabetes and weight loss say it's time for health insurance companies to take notice. Oh, we're working very hard to uh, make sure that we can make enough to, so that we can help people um, across the globe um, really better control their diabetes and hopefully in the future uh, better help them lose weight and, 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 and for those who live with obesity. Ahead on NBC Nightly News, what new data from the drug maker shows regarding just how much weight it is helping people lose. All right, coming up tonight on KXAN, it's Law & Order Thursday. We have the original at 7, SVU at 8, and Organized Crime at 9 before we are back with KXAN News at 10.
Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.